The Maimar we're going to learn is called HaChodesh, because this Shabbos is Shabbos HaChodesh. And it talks about the uh, new month of Nisan and the mitzvahs associated with the holiday of Pesach. And the Torah introduces all of the discussion about the month of Nisan with the following verse. This month will be for you a head of all months. It's the first for you for the months of the year. That's the verse the Mimer is based on. So it's referring to the month of Nisan. And Nisan is called the uh, head of all months. In many, many discourses on this um, uh, Verse in this uh, extra Torah portion that we read, there's much discussion about the two ways that two months, which represent two ways that Hashem takes care of the world. There is the way Hashem hides His light in nature, is associated with the month of creation, the month of Nisan, and there is the uh, month of Nisan, and like its name, Nisan means miracles, and so there is the source of all of the natural behavior comes from Rosh Hashanah of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, the first day of the, of the year, of, of, the, of the natural year, so to speak, the source or the head of all the energy for the year that's going, that had the source of all the natural behavior in the world. And then there is the Mantanissan, which is a source of all the miraculous behavior in the world. And it's also called Rosh Chesh, also called the head it's a head of the year in the sense that it's a source of all of the uh, um, miraculous. And the word chodesh, which means change, is, and means month, is more associated with the miracles. Because unlike the word shana, which is year, year means repetition, chodesh means change. And much as the, um, the moon and the sun are associated with the, with the uh, uh, month and the year respectively, so are they associated with nature and miracles. Because the mo- and miracles. The month, which is always changing, uh, the word chodesh means chodesh. Chodesh, which is, a moon has an, a, a, is naturally, the Evan Ezra says, a moon is naturally associated with a month. Uh, but not with a year. Moons don't have years because the moon just goes around the earth every month. However, the sun has a year, naturally, and doesn't really have a, a, uh, have a month. So the... Uh, well, the earth has a year. The sun, a, sun the sun goes around the earth in a year. The earth goes around the sun in a year. That's not what the Ramam says. Okay, I understand. I stand correct. Now, <laughs> just, just to, to recognize it, if you look at the east... You see, the winter, the sun rises on this side of the, the horizon. And in the summer, it goes extremely. This side. The horizon. So you see the year changes as the, as the sun. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, so, so the, the, the month of Nisan, which is associated with miracles, the Torah describes it specifically as the head of the months of the year. And we'll see that's, that, how that's more associated with the idea of a miracle, which... Miracle, again, is the idea of, of change, something that's going beyond the usual order. The Chacham Tzvi says that a mir- no real difference in a miracle or in, in nature 
just that a miracle is a, I'm sorry, nature is a miracle that's repeated often. That's what the Chacham Tzvi says. But we're going to go a little deeper into it and uh, see exactly what Nisan and Tishri is and how, why they're both called the head of the year and why the Torah uses different words describing the month of Nisan. It uses the word year as well. Let's go right to it. So, this month will be for you the head of the months of the year. It is the first for the months of the year. It's known, the t- saying of the, of the Ebenezer, that the moon does not have a year at all, just like the sun has no months. That means that the dividing of the of years, the, the fact that the, we talk about years, that's relevant to the sun. That throughout the year, the sun goes around the earth until it returns to its first spot. And then it goes around the world once again. And that's why the word Shana comes from the word Mishnah. It's a repetition. But nothing has changed from month to month in the sun's movement. However, the dividing of time of a month, that is irrelevant to the moon because it's returned to its original spot <coughs> is in one month. But from year to year, nothing has changed in its movement. So according to this, we need to understand why does the Torah say that this month will be the first of the months of the year? Why are we mentioning the word year when we're talking about months? To say this is the, fir- the to say this is the first of the months of the year, if we're talking about the uh, unique quality of a month, why are we associating it with the idea of years? Years and months are two completely different kinds of things and don't seem to have a connection with each other. Yet the Torah says, this month of Nisan is ahead of the months of the year. Why is it mentioning a year when a year is associated with the, the solar movement and the, moon, and the month is associated with the lunar movement? We also need to understand, it says about the month of about Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that this Rosh Chodesh Nisan, thank you very much, Rosh Chodesh Nisan is the head of the months of the year, it is the first. The question is, Tishrei is called Rosh Hashanah. And as explained in Kut Torah, why do we call Rosh, the, the first day of Tishrei? Rosh Hashanah, we don't call it the beginning of the year, but rather, we call it the head of the year, because just like the head includes within it all of the energy of the limbs of the body, so too does Rosh Hashanah include within it the energy of the entire year. That although Hashem renews the energy of the world every day, as we say in our prayers, Hashem, in His goodness, renews every day the work of creation, and not just every day, but every moment. But nevertheless, there is a certain order in how this energy is renewed. That first, there is a new energy that is more... um, it's, it's, it's an initial new, if you will, a battery of energy for the whole year. That's renewed on Rosh Hashanah. And then that energy is subdivided further into 12 months of the year. 12 Rosh Hashanah. So there's a new energy for the entire year that comes to the world. And never, it says in Tanya, a new light that was never there before Rosh Hashanah. That new light reaches the world then. And it's a source for all the energy of the entire year. That's the, the uh, battery of energy that Hashem gives the world of Shoshana. And then from that energy, 
it is uh, assigned to every month on, the, on Rosh Chodesh, and each month receives from that energy for that month. And from Rosh Chodesh of each month, that energy is then apportioned to every day of the month. As the Mitlerb explains that in detail and length in the Teres Reish. There's two things in a head. First of all, all the limbs of the body get their energy uh, from the head. All the energy of the body is first inside the head, and from the head, the energy is apportioned to all the limbs of the body. And second, even after the energy has been apportioned to all the specific organs and limbs in the body, it is the head that leads all the limbs of the body. As it says in Tanya, that even after the energy of the head has reached all the limbs of the body, the, even our fingernails get their energy from the brain. So not only was it originally included in the brain, but even now, not only does it, I mean, in the Rebbe's analogy from Tanya, not only does the head lead the energy in the body, and, and, but it, it, the, the, the energy in the nails are deriving, are coming from the energy in the brain. So these two concepts that we find in the head of our bodies, we also find in Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the, contains within it the energy of the entire year. And further, Rosh Hashanah leads the entire year. Our behavior throughout the year is guided by where we were at Rosh Hashanah. And according to this, we need to understand why does it say that the first day of, of Nisan, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, is Rosh, Rishon, L'chad Hashanah. It's the head of the months of the year. That means the Rosh Chodesh Nisan is similar to the head in the sense that it is a, uh, it is a, a, just like Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. It's the source of all the energy of the entire year. Why are we associating this with Rosh Chodesh Nisan when this is what the Torah tells us about Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, about, about, about Rosh Hashanah? So how come it says about Rosh Chodesh Nisan, this is the head of the months? That this is like Rosh Hashanah, it's the source of the energy of the year. The explanation is, according to what the Akedah writes, uh, that there are two ways that Hashem conducts the world. Well, there is a natural way, and there is a supernatural way. There is a, there is what, a miraculous way. And this is the difference between Rosh Hashanah, of the first of Tishrei, and the Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the, Rosh, the first day of Tishrei, is Rosh Hashanah for the, the natural behavior in the world. But it says in the Torah, Hashem promised Noah, that I will, that I've made rules for the heaven and the earth. I've, uh, the, the, the seasons of fall and spring and cold and hot and winter and summer will never, uh, 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 they will never change. So in the words of Hashem Tanoach, he uses uh, six words, the time of planting, the time of harvesting, cold and hot, summer and winter. Those six words encompass all the changes throughout the months of the year. As the Gemara says, that half of Tishrei, Cheshvan, half of Kislev, is a time of planting seeds. So each of these six time periods includes two months of the year. So that's what happens on uh, Tishrei. Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that's Rosh Hashanah, for the miraculous conduct that happens throughout the year. 
And that's the reason why the redemption from Egypt happened in the month of Nisan. It was in a miraculous way. The beginning of the redemption started on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. As we read in Parshas HaChodesh, Hashem gave us the mitzvah in this, um, in this Torah portion, uh, in bits of the Paschal Lamb. And the Talmud says that the Jewish, the words the Torah uses are, they went and they did it. And the Gemara asks how they do it. The mitzvah doesn't start until the 10th day of Nisan. And the Gemara answers that once they accepted to do it, Hashem considers it as if they did it. This is also alluded to in the words of our sages. They say, you may think this happened in Rosh Chodesh. So although the, when the Gemara uses the words yacho, which means you might think, usually it means, you know immediately the Gemara is going to negate this. As Gemara does, it doesn't happen in Rosh Chodesh. Uh, but um, the, uh, the Gemara is also hinting to the fact that there is something that happens already in Rosh Chodesh. There's something that the Jewish people do on Rosh Chodesh that already is the beginning for, for the redemption. So the Geula really started on Rosh Chodesh Nisan because Rosh Chodesh Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for all of the miraculous behavior that happens in the world. This difference between the behavior, the natural behavior, and the miraculous behavior, what exactly is the difference between these two kinds of behavior? Understand this by first looking at the words of our sages. Once Hashem chose His world, once Hashem chose to have a world, He chose, He set in the world that the world should have Rosh Chodesh, and the world should have years. Once Hashem chose Yaakov and His children, He then gave them, He gave the world... Rosh Chodesh of Redemption, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. When he chose the world, he said in the world there should be Rosh Chodesh and there should be, there should be years. And when he chose Yaakov and his children, then he gave the, gave the world Rosh Chodesh Nisan. That means the natural order is the order that Hashem set in the world that should con- happen consistently without interruption. The miraculous order is something that's unique, that's new, that's associated with Yaakov and his children. That means that the Jewish people bring this down through their efforts on their own. As it emphasized in the exodus of Egypt, how this exodus happened, it happened in merit of the blood of the Paschal Lamb and the blood of circumcision. As we say in the Seder, that we were naked and bare without any merits, and then we, with our, the blood of the Paschal Lamb, the blood of circumcision, we merited redemption. And this merit already started on Rosh Chodesh. That's when the Jewish people accepted to do the, the mitzvah of the Paschal Lamb. And this emphasizes the power of the Jewish people's service of Hashem. That although these sheep was the idolatry of the Egyptians, they weren't afraid of the Egyptians, and they took the, the lamb to slaughter it to be a sacrifice for Hashem. So they acted in a miraculous way. And by acting in a miraculous way, that's how they also were able to draw down Hashem's miraculous um, behavior, so to speak. They, they caused Hashem, so to speak, to also act in a miraculous way. There is something unique about actually Rosh Chodesh Nisan that surpasses a tenth of Nisan. Because Rosh Chodesh Nisan 
and the something with Rosh Chodesh and the 10th of Nisan surpasses the 15th of Nisan. On Rosh Chodesh Nisan, they were still in Egypt, and yet they weren't afraid of the Egyptians. They were still there completely in Egypt, and nothing happened yet, and vis a vis their redemption, and still they weren't scared. So, when the Jewish people, on their own, uh, act in this miraculous way, they were to draw down some, a new divine light that's higher than the divine light that comes to the world consistently. The divine light that comes to the world consistently is from a more external place, and through their service of Hashem on their own, they were to draw down from a more from a deeper place, from a higher light. What does this mean? The higher light, the lower light, what are we talking about? External, deeper? That explains Although you could see the greatness of Hashem in nature and more, only in nature can you see an expression of Hashem's how Hashem doesn't change. How Hashem is not affected by anything. You only see that in nature. The fact that nature happens in a consistent way every day, that's, that's an expression of the infinity of Hashem in a way because you see Hashem doesn't change, which, which indicates Hashem's infinity. However, there is something more about a miracle, a higher a revelation of Hashem that's beyond this truth. The verse says, I Hashem haven't changed. Simple meaning of the verse is Hashem saying, my promise hasn't changed. You see that you're still alive, it's because my promise hasn't changed. But the deeper meaning of I Hashem haven't changed is Hashem hasn't changed at all. Creation doesn't change him. He, 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 he continuously conducts the world without any interruption, without getting tired, without any change. That shows something infinite. But there's something more than a miracle expresses that's even higher than the truth that nature expresses. expresses. Beyond the truth of I am Hashem, I Hashem have, haven't changed. What does this mean? The words I Hashem haven't changed, they themselves tell you that we're talking about a realm of change. And since it, the verse has to, has to um, negate the possibility of change and say, no, I Hashem have not changed. But there is another level which is beyond the whole realm of change. And it's impossible to say, I haven't changed because it's not in the realm of change. Like the Rathabra says something similar in Tariq of Namuna. Rathabra says, if someone would say about an idea, I cannot touch this idea. Rathabra says that sounds ludicrous. Why does it sound ludicrous? Because the realm of touch and the realm of, um, and the realm of ideas have nothing to do with each other. So of course you can't touch an idea. You don't have to say you can't touch an idea because touching an idea has nothing to do with each other. Wisdom and the sense of touch are not in the same realm. And therefore it's impossible, not only is it impossible to touch wisdom, it's impossible to negate the... the um, well, Einstein is looking for, uh, for a mitzvah. He just came back, I don't know. Um, the, you cannot say about the sense of touch that it cannot be changed. It cannot, uh, you cannot say about wisdom it cannot be touched because it's not in the same realm. And so too, if we're talking about a level of godliness which is completely beyond the realm of change, you cannot use the words it can't be changed because it's not in the realm of change. It's similar to what the Rashba says which is brought down in the book of philosophy of the Tzemach Tzemach wrote a whole sefer in connection with his 
arguments with uh, the Maskilim, the Askala movement. Um, so in that Sefer, it brings down from the Rashba the following explanation to, this, to the verse, you, your years do not end. So Mokhsarek says, the verse is talking about the realm of time. Something that a human being can understand. A human being is limited. And that's what the verse uses, the words, your years. In the realm of time, you have to say that Hashem's years do not end. But you cannot say about something which is beyond time that it doesn't end. Like for example, Shabbos is beyond time. And therefore every Sunday we say today is, again is the first day of the week. Why is it the first day of the week? Thousands of days have passed. Because Shabbos is completely above time. And so too Rosh Chodesh is similar to Shabbos. So that's the reason why we say about the natural order in creation, I, Hashem, have not changed. You have to negate the possibility of change because it's a more external level of godliness, of light of Hashem. However, the miracles, the Hashem is conducting the world in a miraculous way, and that level you don't have to negate, you don't have to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't, you don't have to uh, uh, mention that there's no change because if some, if I'm a deeper and higher level, which is completely above creation. So in order to reach this level, this level which is beyond the words, I Hashem haven't changed, it's beyond... Supersede. Supersedes change. It's beyond the realm of change, that's what I mean, supersedes. Okay. So in order to reach this level that supersedes the whole concept of change, you have, this comes to the service of a Jew on his own. Although the Torah says, as we discussed yesterday, this verse... If you are a tzaddik, you do the best things possible, you act the righteous, etc., what do you give Hashem? Hashem is beyond anything you could possibly... Hashem is beyond the need for anything that you have. You can't possibly give Hashem something. And yet, our service of Hashem is called... It's called something that Hashem, so to speak, needs. As the Gemara uses the following words in Hashem's discussion with Meish Rabbeinu. Gemara says, Hashem had a conversation with Moshe Rabbeinu, and he said to Moshe these words, you should have helped me. And Moshe Rabbeinu um, blessed Hashem, and he says, Hashem, may the power of Hashem be greater. So it says in Chassidus, that there is a level of Hashem's name by itself, and through the service of a Jew, it causes Hashem's name to become greater. What this means is, it says in the Torah, God desires the work of your hands. The word desire means this is something Hashem has unique pleasure in. And since having consistent pleasure is not called pleasure at all, and therefore only through a Jew serving Hashem on his own, something unique, is there a true pleasure in heaven. And that's why, how do you draw down an inner and higher light of Hashem? It's specifically through us doing something unique, something amazing, through, through, through us doing something that's that by, on our own, um, that's what draws down this, this pleasure of Hashem, a, a deeper and higher light of Hashem. And that's the meaning of the, the statement. When once Hashem chose the world, He set in the world Rosh Chodesh. He set in the world years. And once He chose Yaakov and his children, He gave them Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Rosh Chodesh of Redemption. In the beginning of creation, creation was motivated by Hashem's desire to do kindness. 
It wasn't because of what we did. There was no us to do anything. As it says in the Torah, there was no man to, to work on the earth. Only later, Hashem created man, and it says mist descended from the earth, and the mist became, uh, formed the cloud, and the cloud irrigated the world, irrigated the earth. So that verse emphasizes a new order, that something comes from the earth to create something in heaven that affects the earth. That's something that happens later, which represents how the Jewish people serve Hashem, and that causes an impact on high, and that causes a rain, causes a divine flow back on the earth. But the... Original motivation for creation, it says in the Torah, Ki chesed, Hashem desired to do kindness, there was no one there to inspire anything. And although this desire to do kindness is not the kindness of Atsilus, but this is a kindness which is completely beyond the spiritual cosmos, and there is, this, this is connected to a level even beyond the Tzimtzum, higher than the first Tzimtzum, yet, higher than the first contraction of godliness, yet it's still called external. And for that motivation for creation, from the Shem's kindness, that's where nature comes from. That's why nature hap- is consistently uh, running in the world and not changing. In nature, you see this idea of how Hashem does not change. You see this idea of something external. However, once Hashem chose Yaakov and his children, then something new started. Then we started serving Hashem on our own. And through this, we caused the true pleasure to Hashem. Hashem desires the work of our hands. And this allows us to reach a deeper and higher level than the level, than the light of Hashem that's expressed by the words, I Hashem haven't changed, a level beyond change. And this causes Hashem to uh, do miracles in the world. So once Hashem creates the Jewish people, in other words, the Jewish people, um, are what Hashem desires, Hashem desires their beha- what they do, that causes something new to happen in the world, and what that new thing is, is um, it causes a new pleasure of Hashem, which causes miracles to happen. So in short, Rabbi Yisrael, the Rebbe is saying, by us acting in a miraculous way, by serving Hashem on our own, without, that causes a unique pleasure to, of Hashem, and that causes um, miracles to um, descend upon the world. Atik, oh, very good. Atik doesn't actually literally mean pleasure, but it is the level that expresses Hashem's pleasure. Very good.